yeah, yeah, Wax Poetics Radio back in your business. And man, do we have a good one for you this time. I can hardly believe it myself, but I'm sitting down with a couple of guys who were behind the music for many of the classic Motown hits like ABC, I Want You Back, The Love You Save. These are guys who made breakbeat classics like Dominoes, Shifting Gears. These guys were responsible for some disco bombshells like Boogie Oogie Oogie. Love to the world. Almost invented the jazz funk format with uh, tracks like Tell Me What To Do or Music Is My Sanctuary. It is my privilege to welcome to Wax Poetics Radio today, the Mizell Brothers. Everything uh, you hear on the show this time around, every single thing uh, was done by these guys in uh, some way, shape, or form. So uh, sit back and um, get ready to enjoy some great music and a chance to hang with some living legends. This is Wax Poetics Radio. I'm DJ Monk One, and our guests today are the Mizell Brothers.
hard trying to be the man you wanted me to be, that even some of my oldest friends don't recognize me. They passed right by me on the street, but yesterday an old friend of yours came up to me and called me by another name. Seems I reminded her so much of the man you used to love, she thought I was him. Well, we just ended up laughing at how she'd been mistaken, but after she left, you know, it started me to think. People do some crazy things for love. And you changed me into a completely different man. Now I gotta know. Do you love who I remind you of or who I am?
Papa, do 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah. Welcome to the zone where the strong only survive The places I drive, all the gangsters can't stay alive Take my universal journey through the jungles of the hardest town Where my brothers lay their life down You want something to play with? Go find yourself some toys when you mistake these grown men for little boys More real than what is real, so feel I'm sending Compared to God with no beginning and we'll have no ending My blessing rings are down with the king's revelation That heard me on a run, DMC's reincarnation Child abuse, women loose, robbery and triple homicide Everywhere this black man resides still Check the monologue, I'm off a 6am jog To regain my powers, do a set before the showers I'm primed for the summertime, the big time bowler But any season, no reason we can't take it over
It's like butter, baby. It's like butter. Like the butter, baby. Not no parquet, not no margarine. Strictly butter. Strictly butter, baby. I remember when girls were goody two shoes, but now they turn to freaks all of a sudden. We love you, Mike. He's off home. My name's Mully. Fight this, fight that. Where you going? Where you at? These girls don't know me from Jack, yet I feel like the Mac. You didn't want me then, so yo, hun, don't want me now. Yeah, yeah. Take the towel. Wipe off your brow and take the contact out your eye. You're far from looking fly. You're getting E for effort and T for nice try. And tell me what's the reason for dying your hair. Slum village gold still dangling in your air. You barely have a neck but still sporting a rope. Four finger ring just so Pfeiffer can scope. You looked in the mirror, didn't know what to do. Yesterday your eyes were brown, but today they are blue. Your whole appearance is a lie and it can never be true. And if you really like yourself, then you would try and be you. If your hair and eyes are real, I wouldn't have dished you. But since it was boy, I had to dismiss you. But if you can't achieve it, then why not try and weave it? If you can't extend it, then you might as well suspend it. If you can't braid it, best thing to do is fade it. I ask you, did your hair and you tell me, Diane, maybe if you were you and just you. Talk to you, maybe, but I can't stand No bionic lady trying hard to look fly But yo, you're looking dumber If I wanted someone like you, I would have sworn with Jamie Summers You want to be treated right? See Father MC Or check Ralph Trespin for sensitivity Cause I am not the one I got more game than Parker Brothers Fight dog is on the mic and I'm smooth like what? Yes, yes, this is Wax Poetics Radio. I'm DJ Monk One, and you've been listening to the music of the Mizell Brothers in one way, shape, or form. These guys are, are real legends uh, in the world of music. They, they prefer to remain behind the scenes, but the, uh, the music that they've created is legendary, to say the least. For the whole show, we're going to be listening to, uh, to their stuff. With me in the studio today are Rodney Fonts and Larry Mizell, and uh, it's a real privilege to have you guys here with us. Thank you so much for coming down. Glad to be here. All right. Well, you know, uh, when when I told a friend of mine, you know, I'm going to be uh, interviewing the Mizell brothers, he said, "Where do you even start with these guys? I mean, there's there's so much that y'all have been involved in, so many landmark records." It's uh, it's difficult to even even choose a starting place, but uh, I think uh, you know one place one place that, that we could start is uh, with uh, something that uh, we here at Wax Poetics have have been lucky enough to get our hands on, and and that's a, a little record a group called The Moments. Our group was actually the original Moments um, that went on to do. Uh, to become famous with, with the uh, same sound with different personnel. Uh, later on down the line, they recorded the big hits, Love on a Two-Way Street and songs like that. But um, so We were um, uh, college students uh, back in the day, and um, we were interested in uh, putting together <laughs> a record company. Uh, and... Um, uh, 
Fonts had uh, uh, was working with a group out of uh, college. Uh, Morgan State. Morgan State College in yeah. Baltimore uh, that he was working with, and um, uh, we uh, signed them. We formed a uh, uh, company with uh, Fonts, uh, myself, Larry, uh, Freddie Perrin, uh, a boyhood friend from uh, Inglewood, where we uh, went to high school, New Jersey, and. Um, uh, another friend from New J from Detroit by the name of Toby Jackson, and um, we signed this group, and uh, uh, I came up with the name The Moments, uh, and we took them in the studio in D.C. as um, uh, students, and we used some of the uh, uh, college students in the fine arts department to do the uh, music and played the tracks. Um, we wrote a lot of songs, and two of them ended up being the, uh, the first record. I was uh, the one you mentioned, Baby, I Want You, and uh, Pray For Me. Baby. 
speaking of uh, Motown, looking at the writing credits, um, people might not realize this, but of course you all were involved with some of the biggest hits that, uh, that Motown Records had. Uh, how did you get involved with working with Motown in the first place? That was fun. Uh, we came out here to start a record uh, company, uh, Freddie Perrin and myself. And uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't go well. Well, well, in the me, you know, in the meantime, we had gotten, um, we made contacts with the uh, people from the uh, Motown office, and uh, uh, and uh, you know, we uh, had it said we were gonna, you know, help with these people so we could meet Barry Gordy, who had just come out here. I think, uh, you know, around the latter part of '68, and uh, we came out in '69. And uh, um, but you know, uh, so we did to, to, to make a long story short, we ended up as writers with Motown, you know. So, this was when Motown was looking to relocate from Detroit, yeah, to, to California, yeah, yeah. And yeah. y'all happened to be out in California uh-huh. at that time, yeah, writing songs, yeah. And and Freddie, uh, Freddie Perrin was uh-huh. the one who, uh-huh. who had a connection. To someone at Motown, was that the way it happened? Uh, we uh, we uh, well, you know, his girlfriend, his former uh, girlfriend in college, uh, she was the one who introduced us to um, uh, Dick Scott, who was the, you know was uh, one of Barry's uh, right-handed men, and you know, you know, and um, he introduced us to Dick Richards, you know, who uh, you know who needed a hit, you know, uh, he came, you know. Uh, out of, uh, you know, he was one of the writers or producers of um, uh, the, the Supremes record, the Love, Love, Love Time, love yeah, time. Love Time, uh, and and um, and so um, we were introduced to him, and from there we started writing, uh, you know, some uh, hits with the Daxon Fine, you know, Nobody, and then I want to back back, back what at the time we, when we cut it was I want to be free. Barry heard it and said, you know, I want, want um, to be a part of this aggregation and, uh, you know, could we change the name to I Want It Back, you know. Now that was, from what I understand, uh, that was originally written for Gladys Knight, is that, uh-huh. is that true? Yeah, originally written right. for, for Gladys Knight, you know, under the title I Want to Be Free, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, uh, and we were all set to go to Detroit because the track was cut, you know. And we were set to go to Detroit, you know. And uh, Barry heard it and just put a stop to everything, <laughs> you know. He said this would be perfect for the Jackson Five. And At that time, did y'all were y'all aware of the the group, the Jackson Five, or had they uh, had they done anything? Did you guys uh, know of them? Uh, they had a record out on Steel Town Records, you know, an independent label, you know, uh, that, that got them into Motown, you know. But uh, uh, their first release wasn't until I Want You Back, you know. And uh, um, uh, of course, we were uh, uh, down, you know. And at the same time, we were kind of disappointed because get, uh, Gladys Knight, you know. Had a name. Had a name. Had a name, you know. Who were these kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who were these kids, you know, nobody never heard of, you know. And, uh, you know, so... Uh, um, we got uh, lucked up and they, we got, <laughs> you know, the, uh, that ABC and the Love We Save, you know. So uh, we did. Did you all play uh, play on those records, or, or was it more of a, a writing thing? Uh, 
Well, um, I play piano, you know, and we used uh, uh, some professional musicians, you know. Was that was that recorded uh, in in California then? Yeah. The backing uh, tracks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was the first um, uh, big hit out of uh, Motown. The California. The California. Side of yeah. Uh, um, and uh, so that's that's your uh, piano. The the, uh, in the actually, in the yeah, actually, Freddie. Pe- that was Freddie doing that? Yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah. 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 Freddie used to always yeah, yeah, yeah. run down the whole tone, yeah. the pentatonic scale uh-huh. with your thumb. Yeah, it sounded good. Yeah, pentatonic scale, and that that was the um um that was Freddie on that, you know. That's such as become a signature. Yeah, yeah. Know, opening for the uh-huh. opening with that song. Yeah. Funny. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, and I played the rest, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's Freddie.
So uh, you you uh, you do this record, the Jackson Five blow up. It's a huge hit. How did that change things for you guys? Well, uh, after you know, um, you know, we had about you know six or seven you know gold records. You know, after that, you know, um, that we had done the Jackson Jackson Five. You know, um, and then uh, Larry came out from the East Coast, and um, uh, and Bird Bird and I, you know, um, had gone to lunch that day. You know, yeah, Bird was uh, my teacher. Of my last semester at, at uh, Howard University, okay. mm-hmm. and uh, we went out and we had some lunch, and I told him that um, uh, Larry had uh, two tracks, you know, uh, uh, which was a flight time, and I think uh, Mr. Thomas. Yeah, 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 and uh, and and Bird came over. Bird dug him. Yeah, he dug him. You know, we're with the Mizell Brothers on Wax Poetics Radio. Let's listen to their collaboration with Donald Byrd entitled Flight Time.
Ars Poetics Radio. I'm DJ Monk One, and we are indeed here with the legendary Mizell Brothers. Who were you? Who were you guys listening to? I mean, who were your sort of inspirations back in at that time? Well, you, uh, you know, Miles Davis had to come out with a you know British Brew, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and Jack Johnson. Yeah, and Jack Johnson. You know. That and just kind of broke all the rules. Yeah, um, you know. And that was before um, um, Blackbird, you know, so that, that, yeah. that had a heavy influence on us. And know. then some of the uh, CTI records yeah. that Creed yeah. was doing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Where they were covering pop tunes. Mm-hmm. They were doing, um, right. like, um, Freddie right. Hubbard's first, like, right. they did, like, a Beatles tune, uh, uh, Uncle Albert. Yeah. And... Um, uh, and, and Grover Washington's Inner City Blues, that version yeah, of yeah. Marvin's tune is uh, yeah, a monster. That, yeah. that, and we were listening to Motown. We were big fans of uh, the grooves. We were always into grooves. Uh, uh, we all kind of switch off on the dis- different instruments. Uh, Rod plays drums, bass, little keyboard, finds the same thing, uh, uh, as well as myself. And we would switch off. But we would love to get into a groove, and we'd keep these little Sony cassette recorders around the room, and just turn them on, and just start grooving, and then we take go from there. I read that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis actually took the name of their production company, Flight Time, from uh, your song as sort of a tribute to what you guys have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You read that? Yes, I did. Oh, and well, also, I heard that that the uh, the time. Was originally called the group that the Morris Day was originally called Flight Time. Flight Time, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the same thing Larry said. You know, uh, when uh, 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 he said, "Yeah, that's true." In fact, he, I talked with uh, Jimmy Jam himself yeah. at the Grammy. Oh, you did? Then he told me that. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, that's good. So, uh, Rob, when did you when did you first uh, come out there? When did you make it out to California? It was a little bit later, right? It was after. Yeah. It was after I had uh, graduated high school, and uh, after 75, I came out 76 to stay uh, with my brothers, and uh, you know, you know, I started learning the ropes from them. You know, um, started you know jamming with them, um, and you know. Uh, as time time went on, um, I got to play on some of the sessions. Um, worked with my brothers in Florida, writing, you know. LTD, the LTD yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. The um, Love to the World. Well, uh, Love to the World we wrote together. The, yeah. That, and then we slowed it down for the prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also Rance Allen as well. Yeah. Rance Allen, actually the main musicians were uh, uh, Rance Allen uh, and his two brothers Tom and uh, Steve and Steve, Steve. Yeah. And, and the three of us we played on uh, Peace of Mind <laughs> yeah uh, Peace of Mind the tune I wrote uh, Rod played bass and drums on that mm-hmm. I played piano yeah yeah let's listen to Peace of Mind you're listening to Wax Poetics Radio, and we are in the studio with the legendary Mizell Brothers. Oh, 
Radio, we are talking to the Mizell Brothers. Bird I, I was the first Blue Note artist who you worked with, I guess. Right. And then 
um, Bobby Humphrey. Bobby Humphrey, because uh, she had done a couple records. Right. But George right. Butler produced. He was right. the head of the label. Right. And then uh, they decided to put put you guys together. Yeah. How do how do you approach coming in? How do you how do you approach uh, working with an artist at that time? Do you, you bring them songs or you sit down with them and get a feel for what they like to do or how do you how do you handle that? Usually at, at that time, this would be post Blackbird. Um, we, like I said, when we first um, did Blackbird, there was a uh, some reluctance uh, before everybody was in agreement, and then uh, uh, about. Uh, the album itself and the direction we were taking it in and then after everybody got on board uh, the success of the album was uh, kind of gave us momentum to uh, do our thing so that was the perfect situation whenever we got an artist who um, maybe had some albums that, that didn't hit and the company was looking uh, for us to come in we already had the mold where we would come in and our thing was it was really writing. Producing was a means of getting our songs out there. We learned, we learned uh, the mechanisms of that. But uh, so we would just come in, and uh, the writer was, the artist was already primed that we were gonna write for them. And um, uh, Bobby was uh, uh, had a nice image as a um, uh, a young woman who could play flute, and there weren't a lot of them then. So uh, we felt good about taking that project on.
Bobby Humphrey, Blacks and Blues. Roger Glenn, I guess, was another flute player who you guys have worked with. He was a childhood friend. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Who grew up. Was he related to Tyree Glenn? That was his father. Son. Okay. And played yeah. Count Basie and uh, Ellington. Right. Um, and we had, uh, after we, we grew up in um, Harlem and uh, Upper Sugar Hill, up on Edgecombe Avenue, just where the old polo grounds used to be. And then we moved to Inglewood, New Jersey, right across the bridge. And that's where Roger lived. And we had, would have little bands and, uh, uh, in high school. And Roger, could, uh, Roger, Roger was probably the best one out of all of us, instrument-wise. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we were doing Blackbird, Roger had moved to San Francisco uh, from New Jersey, and um, uh, we were talking with Bird, and I you know, said, "Well, man, we're taking a new direction here. Uh, we got a flute player. Let's let's try this uh, guy we grew up with." And his father's Tyree Glenn. Bird was like, "Okay, let me check him out." And Roger came into town, and. You know, he just came came into the rehearsal and just uh, played his ass off. Yeah, and, and Bird, Blackbird. Yeah, Bird was like, and Bird dug the youth thing anyway. Mm-hmm. 
and the fact that, that he was uh, had chops. Um, so, um, and then that, that got Roger's thing off the, off the ground, and later we were able to get him a deal with Fantasy for the Roger Glenn album. When did you start working with uh, Johnny Hammond? Was it The Gambler's Life? Was that the first? Right, Gambler's Life was the first um, with um, TTI, Creed Taylor, um, uh, who put out a lot of great albums, uh, great covers, good instrumentation, arrangers. All from around here, and, and done up at Rudy Van Gelder's. And, right. Um, he called us after Blackbird about because um, normally he produced everything himself, and um, but he called us about producing Johnny Hammond, and um, that's how we we uh, flew into New York to meet with him. That's how that album gets. I mean, that's that's so, sort of a different situation for you guys because here's a guy who is certainly well established. I mean, he's he's a veteran. Right. That was totally different. Um, did he? Uh, how did he feel about you know who are these guys? Right. <laughs> Young cats wanted, coming he in. He wanted to do it. Yeah. He wanted to do it. Uh, in fact, we flew into Detroit to check him out. He was playing um, uh, at this club in Detroit, um, and. Um, we flew in from L.A. to check him out, and we were already fans because we'd been listening to some of the things he'd done on CTI, the uh, Higher Ground, and, uh, and you know, this guy, he was such a tremendous uh, player, a technician, and uh, so we were like, yeah, when Creed called, I said, yeah, let's, let's do this, but Johnny was already down. Uh, I think that um, he may have put the bug in Creed's ear or Creed put it in his ear, but they were they were on the same page. Yeah, this is uh, Starborn from Gambler's Life, Johnny Hammond with the Mizell Brothers.
That's Johnny Hammond with the Mizell Brothers. You're listening to Wax Poetics Radio. And, uh, of course, the album after that was Shifting Gears, one of the all-time classics that uh, everybody out there should be up on. But just in case you're not, uh, let's listen to a few of the uh, highlights on that album. Gonna start things off with uh, the title track, Shifting Gears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is Wax Poetics Radio. I'm your host, DJ Monk One, and it is true, we are here with the Mizell Brothers. How did uh, how did the connection with Taste of Honey come about? I mean, that's another, that's uh, sort of almost a different uh, a different facet to to what you have been involved with. It was a return to to what we started doing. I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, with the with uh, with the Jackson Five right. moments. And yeah, uh-huh. yeah. A friend of ours uh, uh, told us about the group. You know, uh, Taste of Honey, and they were appearing at a uh, uh, some bar. Across the street from A and M Records, and uh, he said, "Hey man, you know, y'all got to see this group." And we went down to see him, um, uh, and we, we did, dug the group. You know, we dug dug the image. You know, two chicks out front, yeah, that you don't see playing guitar and bass, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they could play. They could yeah. they, they could they could hold their own um, for what they were doing, and. Um, um, like you said, that was that was uh, uh, a return and a, ple- a pleasant surprise for us as well, because disco was was kicking, and uh, it ended up uh, being a platinum single. Yeah, platinum uh, single, you know, and one of the biggest uh, disco hits ever. Sure, it's still played. That was uh, still played. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. we enjoyed. And then uh, they they got the Grammy for the best new artist. Yeah. Uh, uh, which came out of left field when we saw who they were up against, and uh, but that, yeah, that was a big that was a big change from there, and uh, we uh, we enjoyed we enjoyed stretching out uh, into all forms of music, and uh, but that that felt uh, great.
one of the um, one of the last things that I know about that you all worked on was the um, Mary Wells uh, record. Uh, that, that's that's another interesting kind of Motown connection there. Yeah, right, right. Somebody who, who sort of in cast aside. Yeah, who we were big fans of. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Dark and Arnold was at the uh, Epic Man, you know, and uh, right, like yeah. he moved over. Yeah, actually, based on the, the success of Taste of Honey, and he had a few other hits. He brought in. Um, Frankie Beverly and Mays, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, he went from Capitol to Arista and, and done that. And um, um, when he went, then he went over to CBS, yeah. and um, Mary was available, and uh, we uh, that's we did, yeah we did uh, that one track on her album. We which was the only single uh, right. after to come out, you know, and. Uh, um, and we pressed a uh, lock and into it, man. It's going to be great, and you know that. that, that you know. They had already cut most of the album yeah. when we started. Yeah. And uh, Larkin was looking for a single. Yeah. And we did. Um, we cut that one record, and that was one of the, other than the Rance album, one of the few records where Rod Fonst and I played the rhythm track. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And bass, drums, and piano, and. Um, uh, uh, and it uh, gave a, a bit of a kick to Mary's career yeah. at that point.
fool Cause he went to school He's a gigolo man Real cool Walks like a cat But breaks his stride Swinging his arms From side to side Ow! question that everybody asks is is uh what happened at that point and and through the 80s uh why weren't why weren't y'all uh continuing to you know um bang out some hits on the scene he was, uh, we've uh talked about this several times over the past couple of years was that um in retrospect um looking at it we had been recording which we loved doing for, you know, 10 or 11 years, uh, around the clock. Sometimes we were doing two uh, uh, or maybe three yeah. overlapping albums at once, yeah. which we loved. We were just doing that. We were just going to the studio, creating writing arrangements, playing tennis. <laughs> and um, uh, that was it, without a vacation for, for over a decade. And but we had stacked, we had built our publishing up. So uh, right uh, during the Mary Wells period, we um, uh, we just decided to take a vacation. We bought a big spread out in uh, the uh, foothills of Pasadena, and uh, where we are to this day. And 
put some studios out there and uh, just uh, kind of have been kicking it. Uh, we play and we uh, re record and write and have a couple of studios on different levels um, uh, of the place. Um, and uh, then when hip hop blossomed with the technology of sampling, uh, put a different twist on uh, the uh, 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 new generation's awareness of uh, uh, music. It was great, and then we got busy on a different level. We started uh, uh, the, the catalog was was got uh, even more active. We were already doing some licensing, uh, fair amount. But then, so you were you were pretty aware of uh, how your catalog was being used from from early on. Early on, we saw some things happening. The first Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff record, Touch of Jazz, used three of our records. That's right. And um, and uh, we actually have a copy of that. It, it was so relatively old. It was on a forty-five. Uh, that's one of the media it was on, and uh, uh, they took all of the credit for that. And um, but it took a while for it to become um, uh, uh, specified. Uh, you know what rights had to be acquired and licensed and everything. And we pretty much stayed on top of it because because uh, uh, after that. People would actively apply uh, for um, for licensing, and we had signed an administration deal with A and M Herb Alpin and Jerry Moss's uh, publishing company, Almo Irving Music, Rondo uh, Rondo Almo Irving, uh, back in the late '70s to do administration for our music. So we had their whole staff and everybody taking care of all uh, of the business for us, and. Uh, so after that, everybody actively applied for licenses, and uh, boy, did we get a lot of them. And we still do. Are you are you aware of what some of the most popular songs that that you have, as far as the samplers go, and what what's been applied for the most? Mm, they've all been sampled, even of uh, uh, tunes that got very or uh, hardly any airplay at all. But one that's got a lot of airplay um, was Wind Parade. That's, that's been sampled mm -hmm. by everybody. Uh, so much so that two years ago, uh, um, I got an ASCAP award for, for Best Hip Hop Song of the Year because Ludacris sampled it <laughs> on Chicken and Beer. And it was an, uh, went to, I believe, a number one single. Pop single uh, and the record went multi-platinum. I've uh, got an ASCAP award fonts. The other one is uh, uh, the uh, Jackson Five songs have been sampled to death. Fonts got two ASCAP awards for record for best hip hop song from um, uh, OPP mm -hmm. uh, uh, and a, a tune that Jay Z had done. And um, uh, a, a tune, uh, The Love You Say, that was mm -hmm. sampled by Snoop Dogg. Mm -hmm. uh, he did that. Right. Uh, so are we going to ever get to hear any of the, the unreleased uh, stuff that y'all have been working on? We're working on some things. Uh, right now. now, yeah. And, uh, and it, it'll be done <clears throat> this year. Okay. We hope. <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be. You and know it, how it is with the new technology. Yeah. 
infinite number of tracks. Oh man! Yeah. All you need is more RAM, more hard disk space. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, what, how do you know when to stop? Man? That's that's the. Uh, how do you the, know when something's done? That's, yeah. Because hey, back then it was, you know, you run out of tracks. Yeah. Or you, you <laughs> bounce you too many times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, you don't have a, There was one story about, who was that who was overdubbing guitar while they were cutting the cutting the disc? It was it Whitfield? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Whitfield. I think it was a superstar. They were cutting the... Yeah. Uh, the, the lacquer, uh, yeah, the, the lacquer. Yeah, he's doing an overdub. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he so. had a uh, uh, guitar part that he thought, you know, he just needed that, that one, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. one more track. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, definitely, I, I got to thank you all for taking the time to to talk with us today, and and uh, I can't wait to hear the new material that you guys are doing, and definitely hope we can uh, hope we can get back together again and talk about that when the time comes. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Pleasure too. All right, man. Wax Poetics Radio.
pretty baby, dry your eyes, don't you know it can't be that bad? How it hurts my pretty baby when I see you sitting there, so sad. No need to worry about tomorrow, and yesterday is gone. So raise the chin up, girl, and we will work our problems out one by one. Hold me tight, hold me tight, don't let go. Turn me loose, never know, no, no. We'll stand our problems all in a row. Watch them fall. Like dominoes Falling like dominoes A pretty baby dry your eyes Don't you know it can't be that bad Or how it hurts a pretty baby When I see you sitting there so sad One day we'll laugh and sing and say that everything's alright So let's not worry about tomorrow while we got each other here tonight Hold me tight, hold me tight, don't let go Turn me loose, never no, no, no We'll stand our problems all in a row Watch them fall like dominoes